Gentlemen, welcome back to Fitbit Pod. My name is Ben, ben Lomas. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's it only takes Dino 200 Singer. plus episodes for this man to forget his own name. Who am I talking to? I don't even know. He didn't say his name properly. Uh, or, I as I got in, or as I got introduced, Dan Lombas once. So. Dan Lombas. Oh, okay. I've, I've had uh, uh, Doug Kirksinger. Oh, that's good. I don't like that one. Uh, well, I, <laughs> not like a, I bet our guest today has a few uh, funny questions uh, oh, of her. Our uh, guest today is a fantastic, absolutely fantastic stand-up comedian. I was lucky enough to be able to gig with her. Actually, almost every time I come to WA, I get to share the stage with her, and she absolutely demolishes. Uh, also, formerly of uh, Priscilla Queen of the Desert, <laughs> as as uh, was the MC or the back announcement the other day. As you've seen her on, uh, what was it, Priscilla the Queen? The Queen Priscilla. Please welcome Janelle Koenig. Hello, boys. It's so nice to see and hear you. Yeah. So, what Janelle Koenig? I'm sure Koenig itself, which is spelled K-O-E-N-I-G, would have got a few versions Dutch of name. it. Dutch name. <laughs> if my name was Jane Smith, I would be famous because no one can <laughs> my name, spell it, say it, remember it. So, yeah, it's a, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. It's unique but annoying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, um, yeah, yeah, so, sorry, go, Ben. No, 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 it's just, uh, Janelle, I, I have such a soft spot for Janelle because Janelle was right there at the start for me in comedy. Before I even had graced the stage, I was in Janelle's workshops learning how to be on stage. Oh. And, and so, and, and not only that, it's that, Plus, Janelle was there at my first ever paid gig. I remember so, it then, the drunken poet. The, the, yeah, yeah, no, 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 before that, before that was the boat, the oh. boat. The boat was that, because I didn't get paid then, at, but when we went out on a river cruise and, oh I, did my my fir- and I did my first spot and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I died. Uh, it was, it was, it was, it, thank God you were there because you saved, <laughs> you literally saved all of us. It was horrific. Everybody dies on a boat. Like, <laughs> there is no, there is no comedy boat, on, not on a cruise, but on a small boat trip. Yeah, it was one of the ones on the Yarra. One yeah, of those, awful, yeah. awful. Oh, it was, it, and then all I remember was, I just went out the back with you and you went, It'll be okay. I remember because you go, I didn't go well. And you went, it'll be okay. And then and there was a pause. I didn't say I was like, oh thanks, Janelle. And then you paused and went, it's a shame we can't get off the boat though. <laughs> <laughs> it was gonna be like a, a double suicide. <laughs> just go, no, let's just both jump off the boat oh, now. Yeah. Wow. wow. So wait, why so your Ben, your first ever gig was on a boat? First paid gig. Paid so gig. first where I just like I was actually getting paid. Oh, um, right. So Do you first, remember the my, Mine was $20. Uh, mine was, in, in mine was 50 I think it was Ooh. 50 so, Yeah, mine was, uh, it was 50 I just remember it because it was, I, 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 I think I may, yeah, I just remember I was like, I, it was the first time I was like, I didn't have to invoice, but I, I got cash handed to me. I just, uh, that's the one I remembered the most. Nothing like oh, that yeah. witty cash handshake. <laughs> my, my first $5 note uh, that I got from comedy, I put it, uh, I framed it. <laughs> so 
so good so good it's there it's framed with my first like a uh, few flyers and stuff for post like split bills and stuff i decided to capture that um and so tell the so the workshop ben that janelle did uh yeah so is that how you started i thought you were at a backpack i thought your origin stories you were in in I, I where, did, netherlands i did i know i did my first one was in in, in in a backpackers hostel and i got up but to actually go to the comedy club and then actually do like a proper comedy night that hadn't mm. happened yet until i started doing uh janelle's workshops uh at the comics lounge which was an improv workshop yeah. and also learned how to do uh and how to sort of like be on stage and uh and it was they were amazing workshops i never thought i was any good at them uh, especially when it came to the singing part now i can't remember how it went Janelle, <laughs> but there was a pirate limerick do you remember how it went uh yeah so it was a, a rhyming couplets Rhyming couplets. Uh, so, yeah, still, can you imagine me rhyming couplets? <laughs> well, I don't know what rhyming couplets is. Okay. I, can, I know that. Can you give my... an example, Janelle? Uh, I went down to the shops one day. I wanted to have a play. I didn't have a yeah. thought in my head. And then I came home and I was dead. So, so, the, right. so I'm amazing at teaching, clearly. <laughs> 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 this is an advert for the workshops. <laughs> so just uh, writing couplets. So literally a couple of words, right. of lines with the, with the last words. Last two have to, yeah, yeah, right, right. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Because you do that on stage, Janelle. You do this uh, a song where you, you bring yeah. someone and you get Kills. their information and then you, you incorporate their name, uh, their partner's name, the job they do, and all, so many things all into the one song. And Ooh. it's it's a real thrill for someone who's doing what four or five gigs in a row with you because that's one of those every time it comes to that I'm like oh cool I want to see what happens like it keeps it <laughs> exciting for for us as like a as a cast member you know going oh cool what's going to happen in this oh, one that's you, know? fine. you are the exception to the rule though Dil because you actually watch the other comedians <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 you know what I'm I'm one of the strange people in this industry who actually loves watching what we do <laughs> like I yeah, genuinely like I got into comedy I always say I'm a comedy nerd that came good that I basically <laughs> I'm an elaborate stalker that just wanted to hang out with comics so I decided what's the best way to do it oh, I better get good at comedy myself so I can hang out with them <laughs> so I got told that three four years in that that love of comedy goes away but I'm here 12 years in and it's still there so I'm glad it hasn't you know faded for me but yeah I, I really love watching the show as well I do too, and I think it's important to watch, especially if you are headlining, it's so important Absolutely. to not repeat the material that's already been on before you, especially if uh -huh. there's three or four other acts. Yeah. It's, especially it's, crowd work. If you're a crowd work comic and you start hitting the same person yeah. at the front, I'm like, come on. Like, at least <laughs> ask before you go on stage, have you spoken to Absolutely. anyone in the front Absolutely. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> So to kick things off, though, with the pod, like I, I actually let's go straight into the deep end now because um, we we were just discussing before we hit record before Ben came on about like I was giving you an understanding of what the show is about and what the pod is about. And you brought up something that I actually don't think in 200 plus episodes we've really dissected, which is or rather chatted about, which is the uh, idea of the expectation of of. Um, 
of body image or body weight for women in stand-up, which is something we've talked about body uh, stuff. We've talked about body stuff throughout the pod. We've had various guests talk about their experiences with uh, disordered eating uh, and all that stuff, but we never had the perspective of a stand-up comedian and their persona on stage and stuff like that. So what was it that you meant when you sort of talked about it initially? Um, Well, I know that this pod was originally about about weight and body and uh-huh. uh, image. And I think there's a lot to say about women on stage. And I think, I think with any comedian, male or female, slash other, uh, the, you're judged the minute you walk onto that stage. Before yes. you've said a word, before you've smiled, mm-hmm. an audience, and I'm, I do exactly the same thing. I look at that person and I assess them mentally very, very quickly. And I am, I'm a curvy girl, yeah. uh, but I'm a proud curvy girl and I deliberately dress very, with a lot of intent. I, and that comes from my theatre background. Right. For me, it's, it is almost a role I'm playing. It's an elevated version of myself, but what I'm wearing is a costume. You see right. girl, I wear mm. frocks. I wear proper frocks and shoes and makeup and hair because yeah. for me, that's saying I'm here, I want to be here, I'm proud to be here on the stage. Still, yeah, still bright red shoes? Yeah, still bright red shoes? Do you still wear... Often. Still wear... <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Often. Okay. Funny because Jeff Green said to us on, on Friday night, he said, why don't you just leave your shoes here for tomorrow? I'm like, I'm going to be tomorrow? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what the dress I'm wearing, yeah. I might be wearing pink. Um, so it's very... For a woman particularly, it's really important to be present visually. Yeah. You've never seen me in jeans and a T-shirt. I'm not not saying that's wrong or incorrect for other people, but for me, I need to command the stage in in another way visually. Yes. Yeah. I I, I think the key thing there between, let's say, let's speak in sort of, you know, binary terms just uh, for this conversation in terms of like broad gender stereotypes. I remember when I started, uh, Adam Richard pointed out we were doing a, a like a comedy competition thing together and he pointed out how every this is all open mic comedy comp um, and every male comedian just kind of was wearing whatever they picked up from is he called the floor drobe and yeah. every female comic was was very much like deliberate whatever the choice was they were aware yeah. of what was on them because that's yeah. how for years, women have been sort of put that pressure on as to what, how they're yeah. how they're perceived and how they're dressed. Because being on stage itself is a statement for a walk, like especially at the, this was early 2010s, and so that idea he said it's uh, it's important. It's like to for for males or guys to at least think about what you're wearing. It could be something as deliberate as like say Chris Franklin in a flannel. You know, it doesn't have to be a suit jacket or a, 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 an iron shirt or um, say Nick Cody is always wearing like a T-shirt and a jeans. And that's a deliberate choice. But it's not like a it's not like a crushed T-shirt. It's not like a, a, a you know, scruffed yeah. up jeans okay. with the sauce stain on the jeans or anything like there's It's still a thought about choice. So that's the thing that the key difference is that a lot of male comics don't think about it and just stroll onto stage with whatever they, they had in the, you know, on the floor. That they no, put on that morning, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I can give an example of that. When I first started out, I didn't think about it at all. And then I got absolutely roasted by uh, a comic uh, that we haven't had on the podcast, Steel Saunders, 
when uh, I rocked up on stage and I was wearing Crocs. And, and oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And then I, I was like, oh, I just never thought about it. And he just roasted me, roasted me so hard. And it, I deserved every little bit of it at the time because I had never thought about my appearance on stage. It was just like what I'm wearing today. When if I think about those two times in 210, you did notice when a woman came on stage because they looked amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely in that. Remember, remember Troy Kinney always used to wear tracky jacks? Yeah, yeah. We were talking about that just recently because he's back on the scene. In tracky jacks? <laughs> no, not in tracky jacks. No, <laughs> but again, it's a deliberate cho- Like, So I think that Daniel yeah. Muggleton from, from Sydney is always in red tracky jacks or yeah. something. It's a costume. Ooh. And whatever the decision, that's a different debate. But the fact that he's at least thought about it, it's not like he just rolled onto stage and he came from a run and he was wearing tracking decks. You know what I mean? So, so going back to what you were saying, so that was something did, you were aware of that from the get go. Is that something absolutely. you had someone pointed at? Yeah, absolutely aware. Um, and I used to do when I was first starting out, a, a lot of material about weight and body and. Can I give one of your openers? I don't know if you still do it. Probably. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but this is the one that just like, and again, I, I can bring back every moment of that gig on the boat because it just, it was, it was, I was so excited, but it was also so much hell. And then I was like, well, how, how is she not going to do that? And you're opening line was like, hey, I know, I know, I know what the women are thinking. Amazing shoes. I know what the men are thinking. I wonder if she does anal. <laughs> Excuse me. It was. I bet she takes it from behind. It was much oh, okay. than that angle. <laughs> That's a great opener. Oh, and, and, and you just won them over in one big hit, in one oh. joke. I was just like, "Oh my god, she's got them!" Like, and I it's, like. It's oh. so important. That first line is so so important. And when I have run comedy workshops, not the improv ones, I always say if that. What, what are people thinking when they see you? Yeah. Well, if you remind them, they think you're so smart. They think, and if you can remind them and take it one step further, then yeah. you love. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's amazing. But then I think that's, but that's what I noticed as well, like even then performing with you is that when you did walk on stage, you, yeah, kind of like weird in like your appearance matched your opening line uh, but also your, even your body language when you walked on stage because you just sat down, you had a guitar, you didn't doubt yourself for one second. Like I hadn't seen that yet really. Like, or maybe, you know, to be honest, you know what it actually is to show my age and ignorance is that I probably noticed it because you were, I'd only, I hadn't seen many female comics. So that's mm-hmm. why I probably noticed it more than, oh, it's the same, you know, same mate, someone getting up. But I just remember that so vividly that you look like a million bucks your opening line was great and you just you weren't scared of them even though if you were hiding it or not you just had this and maybe 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 deal like the idea that I sometimes feel that when I see someone who's really well dressed on stage especially a woman it is it's it's so well thought out that it's also part of their overall branding of who they are because they know who they are and they know how they dress absolutely absolutely that um I I think it's yeah. I think it's so important for. I think there's almost, especially as I'm getting older. I'm 47 now. I think there's a there's a a reaction in the audience when they see a woman on stage that they're especially if they're not familiar with comedy. Having a woman in front of them is almost harks back to the the, the teacher environment. 
So if you walk right. in, in heels and a dress, an audience that might not be terribly interested in a 47-year-old woman will still sit up in, because there's, there's that schoolroom mentality of, yeah. oh, teacher's here. <laughs> right. Honestly, and then you get that little bit of extra interest and engagement. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. why I'll hold them for a moment before I speak. I don't know if you've noticed that, Dill. I'll, I'll look at them and wait and smile and right. wait until we're back in the room and then I'll speak. Right. Okay. Okay. So so going back to what, what you were about to say uh, uh, about being aware of it as always and before Ben said the, your opening line, were you leading to something? <laughs> I was talking about, I used to do a lot of uh, material about being, I mean, fat, that's right. Yes. Being, that's yeah, right. well, what I thought was fat. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've had the same body since since year 10, like give or take three kilos either way uh-huh. and pregnancy. Um, I have pretty much been the same. And But back 20 years ago when I started, I felt like the bigger girl. I felt like and that, that needed to be addressed. Right. Yeah. Um, because, again, with that mentality of tell them what they're seeing. Uh-huh. And I had horrible jokes like... Um, uh, you know, I'm suffering from anorexia because every time I look in the mirror, I see a fat person. I'm like, bitch, you're a size 14. <laughs> you're off the rack, size 14. You... Oh, wow. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. And I still think it's a funny joke, but I... I, I, I uh, yeah. Um, it reminds me of Peter Hellier's one. Uh, I'm uh, amnesiac bulimic. Uh, I, I, I'm bulimic, but I have amnesia where every time I eat, I forget to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that too. Um, but now I think it's much more uh, authentic to just go, this is the body I've got. I like it. I'm not, I'll, I'll yeah. like it like it's a size eight body. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk about that a bit more because I think I had a similar experience. So when you started out, when I started out, you, you, you know, you're trying to find your comedic voice. You're trying to find something that is authentically you. And I also was pushing back against only talking about my ethnicity or my, my cultural background because I wanted there to be more than just that because I knew this was a very clear point of difference being brown, but I didn't want to lean into it. So I didn't do any jokes about uh, any cultural or ethnic jokes for like the first four years, I think, for five years. But there was a lot of material about being overweight that then I basically found that 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 hook to be self-deprecating about my weight. And it became, it served me well on, on other podcasts and things like that. And then I remember in 2016, I had my hour was really good and I was really proud. It was the first time you had like a good hour. Like I felt like, oh, that's, I fucking got a solid show here. And I, uh, I realized 90% of the material were fat jokes. And I went, maybe subconsciously, maybe that's why I'm not losing weight. Because if I lose weight, then I lose my ability to pay rent. So the following year in 2017, I made a deliberate decision to make no jokes about my weight and see if I can still write a show. Ah. And then the proof's in the pudding, so to speak, because 2018 is when I lost the weight. So it almost like, <laughs> I think, I don't know if it's accurate or not, but it feels like once I accepted that my identity on stage isn't linked to being obese, because I was about 125 kilos, that I could then allow myself to let go of that identity or that, that persona, mm-hmm. because, because it's such a powerful um, story you're telling yourself, because you're telling out loud, I'm fat, and here are the, my, quote unquote, the shameful things about being fat. 
and people are not only just accepting it, they're laughing with you mm. and they're throwing money at you like, like a stripper. But like, you know what I mean? Like they're paying to see you do more jokes about your, you know, obesity. So obviously subconsciously, my brain's like, no, no, don't lose that. Keep this because this is giving us joy and happiness, you know? I think there's an aspect of that where it's a similar thing to the schoolyard bully, like get in before they get in. Uh-huh. Like talk yeah, about the thing that, that's obviously a flaw before they can mention it, make it funny. Uh-huh. Uh, so there's definitely an aspect of that. And also it's quite relatable. Like I sometimes forget that when I do a lot of fat jokes, there is a whole bunch of fat people going, yeah, that's happened to me. That's how I feel. It's so nice that I can laugh about it with someone rather than just internalising it the whole time. Yeah, I, I agree. But I do think that there's, the, 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 even the word fat is becoming a little bit on the nose, you know, yeah, because totally. all, especially for women, there's all these, you know, if I do an Instagram post, I'm like, hashtag sexy size for 16, hashtag body, body positivity, hashtag body fabulous, whatever it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whereas maybe if I just said hashtag fat, you get more likes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, it's fun. Bye-bye. But, but like, because cause, cause now, how, how are you doing that now? Because like, like you said, you, you've had the same body image. You've, uh, you know, you're proud of it. Have you done that? Have you have you passed it down to children? Like, have are they kind of how's have, do they look at you and they have they sort of because at the moment now with my daughter, it's like image is everything, and mm. I just want to be able to for her to be proud of her body. Have you had a similar experience with your kids? Like, have you been able to share that? Or well, I have two daughters. They're wow. nine, and wow. my, my partner. I know my partner is six foot three maybe 70 kilos wet and he my two girls now have that perfect blend of the bodies they've got Mm. they are just like it's horrible to say but my 13 year old's got a banging body like it's it's insane I'm like put more clothes on put more clothes on you're too young to have that body um but they are also much um much more sports conscious than I ever was. Yeah, okay. Mm. The only sport I did was theatre sports at school. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you were rhyming the yeah, words yeah. running and, yeah. and, and or, jumping. Or, yeah. or, or go down, give me 20 yes ands. Yeah. And so the beep test, it was the space jump test. <laughs> yeah. But there is also talking about mothers and their influences on on their children there's a whole there's whole works talking about don't look in the mirror and go god i'm so fat i'm so awful god i hate my hair look i've got to get my mustache waxed off i'm not that you and i think we all do that yeah not not intentionally but we all look and no one looks in the mirror and goes i'm amazing every single day yeah so you need to be very careful about your language around particularly the young girls. Yeah. And is that, I, uh, I'll, uh, I'm currently going through, I would say a, the, the, the negative side of things where it's like the opposite end of that, that language discussion, which is that I'm waking up in the morning because of the health issues that I've had and the limitations on what I was able to do before the heart attack and what I'm able to do now and how I'm sort of seeing like, even though I might be in the same weight I was just before the heart attack or whatever, I'm feeling chunkier 
And the self-talk that I'm having every morning or just before going in the shower is very unkind and very negative. So I'm trying to read up or learn a bit more about how to kind of like short circuit that because it's almost like I can be aware of the truth of not being able to, you know, continue that. But there's also a different thing with the subconscious working, you know what I mean? Like, so learning, treating, learning how to go subconsciously to be kind. Um, One thing that I've been trying to do, which is fucking hard, is literally every morning just looking at your body and picking one thing that you like about it. Just one thing. And then over time. (laughs) Someone someone had a gig, an amazing, you know, one of those jokes that you think, God, I wish that was mine. And it was Emily O'Loughlin, who was a South Australian. Oh, yeah. And she'd say, she, I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to look in the mirror and every day I'm going to say something positive about my body. So I look in the mirror and I just go, your eyesight's fucking perfect. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that joke. I do so remember good. that joke. It's a great so joke. Good. But, yeah, so things like that I've, I've been trying to get through. And, and what I think I'm finding better um with is actually doing as opposed to just visual so going oh at least today i went for a walk or at least today i said no to that um extra piece of chocolate because i know that you know having chocolate's fine but when i go down a you know rabbit hole it's like the whole slab so i'm being able to like say no to something or actually choose to go for an exercise that's what i'm latching onto as wins because i think for me the way my brain works it's hard to just look at my body and then start like feeling yeah. grateful for it. Even though there's so many things to be grateful for right now, when you're, you know, mentally at war with it, with it, with, with the heart attack, with, uh, with getting COVID, with having the sniffles, all of those put together. It's just like, ah, oh, this vessel is fucking leaking. And it's, you know. <laughs> yeah. I think it's also really important to just to, to talk about that. We, we are quite privileged as, the curvier people. Um, I had a I had a boyfriend who was so thin, just he was just naturally thin. He was just one of those bodies that was just skin on a skeleton. He was so thin he would wear tracksuit pants under jeans. Wow, so, just to pad out. Just to pad out his yeah. his, his boniness. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And he'd have people say, "Are you sick? Are you okay?" That, but that right. was his body. But no one's saying to those people. Um, yeah, put on you know, body positivity. They're going straight to have you got cancer? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, with, with, with that, can, can uh, I just give you an example? Because I, it's like I, I, I always have this thing where I, like I, yeah, I yo-yo. I was having a good run, and I stayed back. The one thing I, I just keep doing is because I'm an ex-smoker and I don't right. smoke anymore. The thing I've been doing is like if I do get a bit naggy or I'm like you know, and I'm doing you know reformer parties three times a week with. A whole bunch of fit mums, and uh, and you know, do a five minute set at the start of the class and end. And uh, and I do, but to keep me going is what I do is if I think of something negative, I take a deep, like I take a deep breath, like I'm toking on a cigarette, and then I just go and then I just let it out and go gone. And I literally just let go of the thought, like I'm just having, and it's kind of it kind of kills two birds with one stone. I get rid of whatever the negativity is, but I also it reminds me of the times I used to enjoy having a cigarette. So I was like. You ever boil a smoke ring? Yeah, that's a good one as well. Just like I just throw it on the ground and present to butt it yeah. out. Yeah, butt yeah. out the negativity. I do like that. Yeah. I do like that. It's almost like a meditation in a way. If it's a, it's a breathing exercise in a way. Yeah, 
Yeah, I yeah, actually, it's a good point. But I do like I do think about like I always say, you know, even then if I, like, I want to eat something really bad or I had like two horrible, I've, I've had a cracking run the last two months, and then I had two of the most horror gigs and like back to back like back to back in a night so I was like oh, I can't blame the audience because I just went out and absolutely took it again and I just had that thing where I was like I literally was outside IGA just really inhaling some breath because all I wanted to do was go in there and buy so much junk and someone came in and checked to see if I was okay because it's just a, a big guy out in front of the IGA just going <laughs> yeah like I'm about to rob the place <laughs> I, 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 there is a meditative exercise similar to the breathing thing, Ben, which is saying, which is where you tell yourself, I am having the thought that I'm craving cigarettes and by craving, or I'm craving chips. So I'm, ha- I'm ha- by saying I'm having the thought that I'm craving chips is removing you from the, uh, wanting the cigarette. Like it's saying, oh, it's so not me that wants it, but I'm just I'm just telling myself right now this is what I want, and it starts to like give yourself a bit of distance. And similar thing with the breathing, you're giving like uh, time distance between the you know the action and the and the, and the wanting of it. Yeah, My problem yeah. is I'm telling myself that I want the chips, and then I'm telling myself that I will have the chips. So where are you? How how do you how where are you at in terms of? Um, uh say nutrition and movement so exercise wise or anything do you do anything or Um, is there i have a gym membership (laughs) (laughs) i i tried to get because i'm 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 knocking on the door of 50 now so i'm I'm 48 next month and i went come on this is this is not only for uh appearance it's time to kind of get strong because i I, i've done that i'm a sitter i'm a fucking sitter yeah. I could hours, no problem. And but it's time to—I think it's time to get my body moving. So I did join the gym, and I was trying to make going to the gym a habit. Um, but it's that thing where you—you know—when you, when you're visually you like seeing at the park or whatever, and you see the big person slogging it on the run, and you—and I always think, you go, girl, you go, get, you got this, girl. And then you see someone fucking fly by in their Lorna James. I think you fucking show off. Yeah. There's the the mental challenge of just getting in the clothes and getting to that fucking gym. But I was, I quite like swimming. Uh So I, uh, but, but I'm terrible at at the the breadth to the side. I'm amazing at the strokes and the kicking, but I sound like, I sound like an asthmatic Orca. I bought I bought this Michael Phelps uh, swimming mask. Yeah, so yeah. basically it's, it's it's a mask and there's a snorkel, but it goes up the middle of your face. Yeah. Like like so that there's like literally like a funnel coming out as you swing swim along. So oh. you have to raise your face. They're really popular. Your... They're super popular. They are really popular, and I I've used it the last time I was on a fitness kick but hadn't used it again but when I went back to the gym this time I was like I'd done one aerobics water aerobics class so I thought well I'm basically an Olympian now um and I (laughs) (laughs) but I had to get out of the pool to go and get the mask and I was a bit self-conscious about being in my bathers but you know that was okay so I just grabbed the the snorkel and put it on but I hadn't worn it for a good year or so so I've got it in I've got the mask on I've got the snorkel in my mouth but it was kind of flailing to the side, like like 
one of our cigarettes, Ben. And, and it, it, wouldn't, it wouldn't stay upright on my face. I'm trying to swim with it. And I couldn't work out how it was flailing behind. Like, like it, it just was not working. And it wasn't until I got home, it wasn't that fucking mask work. There's a whole other piece that I'd forgotten to put on, like a, uh. like, a like a miner's torch headpiece that goes, that then the snorkel goes through the middle of that that keeps and it's it stable, right. <laughs> stabilized rather than drowning the person that's wearing it. Yeah. Uh, because I've thought about, because I do like swimming, I find myself, I, I can't turn to the right when I do the every three strokes on the breath stroke. I can't switch it. So I'm always going left. I'm always going left, which in the end just does my neck no, no favours. Yes, yeah, I can't go left. I can only go right. So, yeah, so, like yeah well, so I can only go left. Yeah. And so and so I what I find it's like and I've seen people with those snorkels, they are quite confronting. When you do see someone in the water with one of those masks on, yeah. it is like, oh, am I about to get attacked by Jason? Like, it does look, <laughs> oh, it does look like a bit like a kinky S and M type contraption. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, like, like where you're like literal them. dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so how much would you swim though? How much would you how many laps would you do? Would you swim in a cage? Um, yeah, maybe maybe a K, but then yeah. I. But once the most recent kick, health kick I went on or gym kick, I got COVID in the middle of. Just when I was getting into my groove, I got COVID. So yeah, and that, uh, and that knocks. I think. I mean, we've all had it, and and unfortunately, due to our profession, we're all going to get it again. Yeah, <laughs> and, and that and I'm trying to explain that to people at the moment that you know, like I feel like I'm on a bit of a roll with the health kick wise. Like I'm just, I'm, but also you know, I've got regular work here in Melbourne. The kids have been going to school, except for today, but we've had a good term. So mm. therefore you can get into the rhythm of like uh, Pilates, swimming, but then, you know, it's just unfair that in our line of work, we're going to get it again. Yeah. And it's just like, I try to explain it to friends, like, yeah, you can wear a mask. You can go to the office. You can actually not get it. But I'm in a room with people and I'm breathing in their air yeah. while telling jokes. I, 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 dirty, dirty air. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like I totally, I totally. Uh, I just say if you're not if you're not doing swimming, what did you do at the gym? Uh, water aerobics. Oh, water. Yeah, yeah, that's how she became an Olympian, man. Yeah, yeah. that's how. Um, I, like, I like being the youngest, thinnest person in the class. So yeah. that's the option. <laughs> and 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 what about let's go to the my favorite topic, which is food. And you and I, we were uh, frothing over food chat the other day. Uh, yeah. You know, talking about um, Heston and and the post. Uh, was it post? Where did I go to? Yeah, post. Uh, post yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, when you talked about chips and all of that stuff, did you have you now at this point in life found your rhythm with knowing how to like? Do you have a any plan because for me for example the reason i'm asking is i have to give myself something because if i don't in terms of a restriction of some sort whether it's oh. a time restriction saying don't eat from until 12 o'clock or if it's like no sugar or no this this is some something i need because if i don't my brain's like oh it's christmas is it all right fuck it let's just go all out do you have anything of that sort that gives you a bit of uh, conscious eating i um my one of my many problems is that I am a foodie because I am an eaty. I love to eat. And <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't have many indulgences other than food. I don't drink, right. I don't smoke, I don't do drugs, and I'm mum in the suburbs. So food is my only um yeah, totally. if you if yeah, you yeah. will. Mm. Um but I had I had a friend who 
recently lost five kilos and she looks incredible. And I said, what did you do? She said, well, I did intermittent fasting and I, uh, I walk for four k's a day and I'm, I've got some some pen, some some. Inject- Have you heard about this pen? Yeah, oh. this is going huge. This is huge at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Someone texted me yesterday. Saxenda, Saxenda. Yes, that's it. That's it, Dil. That's it. On the next. It's hundred and twenty bucks a pop. What? Yeah, it's really expensive, but it is. It is. Um, a lot of people <laughs> are doing it. Like, yeah. A lot. And that just sounds like I, I intermittent fast because I don't like breakfast. So if, if you yeah. had put it my kind of... Well, wait, hang on, hang on. That is probably the most controversial thing I've heard all year in a world of anti-vax and all of this. <laughs> you don't like a foodie who is an eatie who doesn't like breakfast. She doesn't live what in Melbourne. the <laughs> fuck are you t- Oh, she doesn't live in Melbourne. All right. She doesn't live in Melbourne. <laughs> and, and one of the only two things that I don't like to eat is avocado. And that's a big okay. breakfast thing. Sure, sure. Is, okay, what about eggs? How do you feel about eggs? I will eat eggs, but I'd never eat on myself. Grapes. Oh. Bacon? Oh, no, not, sweet. not sweet in the morning. But I don't, Bacon? Not, I'm not, oh. I'm, I'd much rather have supper than breakfast. Uh, which is supper comes under what? A night, late night snack, is it? Late, late night Chinatown. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uncle Billy's. Yeah, Uncle yeah. Billy's, absolutely. Unfortunately, I, I miss those days. I wish I could do that, but I've hit that age where if I eat after ten o'clock, I will just wake up with reflux, <laughs> and oh. so, I, so, so it's just, <laughs> I know. Stop turning on, I guess. <laughs> I know it's weird. Some people go, "Do you want a knockoff?" And I was like, "My knockoff these days is gather scone." So yeah, I totally the, the summer thing is it's like when I see like all my European friends who can have coffee at 10 o'clock at nine and a piece of cake. I'm like, really? Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. I can't. No. Yeah. Um I so. try to cut my coffee at midday because otherwise it fucks my sleeper. But I don't know how Italians have espresso before going to bed. <laughs> well, my, I don't um, have coffee either. So maybe oh, that's, nice. maybe that's the and so okay, so all right, I'll I'll, I'll figure I'll, I'll have to sit with the breakfast thing for another time because that's really rocked my world. <laughs> but, I'm having uh, coffee till right, six so p.m. at the moment. <laughs> so you you you're comfortable then that way doing skipping brekkie and starting at midday or something yeah. like that, right? Yeah. So I because when you look at like diets and things like that, it's all about cutting down your coffee, cutting down your alcohol intake, cutting down. Whatever it, I don't have those things, so I think I'm just I just must be a greedy bastard because I just the, the meals I have are probably too big, to be honest. Yeah, portion wise, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because um, I'm because I'm, I'm the cook in the family, so if I'm dishing up yep. the two adult plates, I will often take the bigger one. And that doesn't mm. include how much you've eaten before you've even served up those two plates. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too bad on the oh, in between. I'm a eater while we prepare. I've, I've had a meal before we've even served the meal. Because <laughs> 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 I'm the cooker in my family. So it's that same thing. It's like, you got to taste it. Um, you know, if we're having tacos, like I've got enough cheese, but I've upgraded enough for me to put a little <laughs> bit in my mouth. And then I was like, oh, there's a leftover crust on the bread. I might as well turn that into a mini taco. And then before you know it, I've had dinner. I've had dinner. Yeah. Like, no, Janelle, we with, with, with your sporty kids, do they um, do they have more like when you served up something, they're like, oh, that'll do me. And you're like, thank you. I'll grab that. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not the person that finishes off the kids' meals. No. 
that that because that that was my role in a fa- in my family back in in Sri Lanka. It's like ah. if someone couldn't finish their meal, or even with my partner Maddie, you know, she sort of never finishes her meal. I'm like, shit, pass it here. <laughs> yeah. The, the tip we've done, you know, with with my partner and I, that every time we go out for dinner or we're out with the kids, uh, we've been doing the last couple of months. That's how we've just been sharing a main meal. Oh, okay. And I don't like it's so funny. It's like, you know, we were at the pub and I was like, I don't need to eat this whole palm of chips and salad. Like, I definitely, and like, and so then what we've been doing is we've just been sharing half and then half a dessert and I'm still full. Like, I'm still genuinely full. You're going going to pub restaurants and not fine dining where you get half a ravioli each. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's the thing. (laughs) Well, I always, I used, I mean, I can't say anymore, but I used to do a thing called double pasta where I'd have, you know, two pastas for myself. Oh, and then, the yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I think capacity wise, I might still be able to, but, but I think, you know, cholesterol wise, I shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, so when we went for lunch the other day, Maddie and I just ordering two pastas felt so weird. And in fact, I looked at my photo from the last time we were here and we'd got like three pastas, two for me, one for her. And of course we share, but like, you know, it ends up being where I have a whole two pastas. But so in terms of then indulgence, this is, you know, something I love chatting. Do you have a food that you absolutely like, you know, if you have to think of like as a death row meal or anything like that, do you have an idea? I love that. I love kind of uh, the Nonya Malaysian type cooking because my, my family's from Singapore. Um, so that kind of, Malaysian straight food will get me every single time. Oh, no, is, is that the same as a mamak? No, that's that's just Malaysian, I think. You know, is like your old school uh, Chinese originally, I believe. So like your Malay chicken curry is nonya. That really right. low color curry with the curry leaves and um, mm. beef rendang and um, yeah, uh, nasi lemak, all those kind of terribly oily. Yeah, gummy, charred things, and and also I'm 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 such a I I am weak for rice. You know when you're same. I went oh. to a restaurant last night and with an Australian, a white Australian friend, and they went uh, two serves of rice, and it came in a little esky, and I was like, that is a fucking Aussie serve. That 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 is not half of what I need. To yeah, fuck. Like yeah, I. And rice for me. Oh. I, I always remember. I always remember uh, one of my best friends from uni was Japanese, and he, uh, he, long story short, but it took him quite a few. It took him six years to finish the degree. And I remember when he was finally moving back to Japan, he was selling all his stuff, and he had like like a new car and like everything, and he sort of had a garage out at his place. And I remember, I remember, it was like, oh, so many like so many of his uh, international friends were there, and he was selling everything for really cheap. And then he sold his 1970s rice maker for something insane like $400 because everyone <laughs> knew how amazing I, I didn't quite understand he's like no no you don't understand like this it is perfect like, this is old school it's exactly and so people were like bidding there's like a bidding war on who could get this rice maker well you know how the Japanese have got amazing toilets rice is next level yeah. their oh. rice makers you know sing a tune different textures like what grain are you using 
It's yeah. amazing. I, I have a bit on stage about um, people who don't wash their rice before cooking it. And it's so funny to see the split reaction between majority of the time it's Asian, Asian people like, what the fuck? And then white people are like, you wash your rice? Yes, I'm definitely <laughs> I, actually, I always had a rice cooker because that was what my grandmother demanded. Yeah. But I, I was away, camp, not, not camping, but in somewhere, away somewhere. And the only thing that was available was one of those decor microwave cookers, rice mm. cookers. And it's, just, it's a red pot, plastic with a clear lid and a little, a little vent. Mm. And you add two cups of rice, four cups of boiling water, microwave it for 17 minutes, mm. and put the lid on with the vent up and the steam kind of very gradually escapes. You've never had better rice. You've never had better rice than the microwave rice. And that is, My- as a, as a card-carrying Asian, I'm you. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon microwave rice is underrated. It's a little, I think it's every four minutes you got to stir it or something like that. No, that's about nothing. it. That's Not all we're going to do, 17 minutes. Try yeah, it. Yeah, right. And that's the thing. I've never been a confident rice cooker. Hence why we just don't have it at home. Like I've always felt what? like I... Yeah, oh, rice cooker's the easiest. What do you mean? Yeah, I know, but I just like, then I use a different pot and then I, you know, even do the finger thing and then I boil. I, I'm just, I'm never, I'm, ne- I'm not good. Yeah. It's 10 bucks from Woolies Red Rice Decor Cook. I'm telling you, okay. it is extraordinary. Put it in the podcast notes. Here Change your life. I'm getting, one, I'm getting one today. I'm going, I'm actually going to came out with my daughter after this. So and it has to be Basmati rice. Okay, yes, okay, yes, thank you. Off. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you cook then, um, Ben? Um, are you repeating meals all the time for the family? or are they? Yeah, uh, we've got maybe like a selection. So it was, it was um, uh, my partner cooked fried rice last night. So again, rice is her specialty. Um, I'm a big fan of, um, what did I do? Uh, look, I, I love I love tacos. We do taco Tuesdays. So kids love that. So they make their own thing. I usually make my own guaca, do that kind of stuff. Um, especially winter, love a soup. I get very creative with my food. soups. Love a soup. And Pumpkin? Then, um yeah pumpkin yeah pumpkin sweet potato caramelized onions that's a, that's a good combo um nice. kids like that one and uh it, it's funny because my daughter will eat absolutely everything like it, it you know we sort of did the french approach try it 20 times and then you know she's great but my son it's a real it's whoa, a whoa real... pause 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 what's the french approach <laughs> the french approach is that so there's this thing uh, um i think the book is called uh french kids don't throw their fruit i think it's something like that and um and so the, the crux of it is uh that they're they're from a very because they go to school at like the age of three and they get fed at school they just get they get, get given everything and they tried yeah, everything foie gras at, yeah. at recess our yeah. kids cheesies yeah. yeah. So, so the example is so the, the, the scrubbers is that you give your kid, you let them just do it 20 times. You don't, you know, write a chart. I'm not sure there's some parents who write a chart, but you try it 20 times. And then after 20 times, you're like, you know what? You don't like it. Right. Right. And, and, but with my daughter, it was amazing. We, we did that. And it's like, you know, like, you know, like her favorite thing to eat. And how Melbourne is this? I, it's like, I, it's like, I did the same sort of policy for me. <laughs> <laughs> I did, I did the same thing with, with rim jobs. I was like, I'll do it yeah. 20 <laughs> times. At the end of it, I was like, you know what? I think I could eat this. <laughs> I, could, I, could, I could do it. So, but, it, but then we did the same thing with saying it didn't work. So, you know. Do you eat around the table together? Yes. We, we find that very important. So that's Very important. The, so, and also because I quite often have to leave. So the times we do get to do it. So four or five times. Uh, you know, so you know, the moment our four times a week, I got to leave at five thirty to go to a gig, 
so sometimes we, we get dinner in, sometimes we don't. But if we are at home, uh, you know, we all sit around and we eat and talk about a day, which I absolutely love. Um, but then it's also, you also have to have the patience because one child is eating really well and the other one will fight tooth and nail. And what he did last night, which I didn't know, which I thought was very cheeky, is like, my partner's like, okay, we've all finished. You keep eating. That's all that's on offer. And then my partner went to the bathroom and when she came back, he was having a banana, apple and a peanut butter sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> Fed his best. Who cares? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and if they're hungry, they'll eat. That's yeah. the thing. That's the, that's the greatest one. I We had this great thing where I would ask them to sniff it, kiss it and then taste it. Because they right. say, I don't like that. I don't like that. And then whatever it was. And that was the thing. Sniff, kiss. So they got a little bit of the taste yep. and, then, mm. and then taste. This reminds That's me right. of buttholes again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Janelle, we 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 need to start wrapping oh, yeah. up, but just to finish off, I think we hinted at it, but we actually didn't go through it, which you talked about the importance of that self-talk um, and how you sa- said you had that material on stage about it and then you decided, like, your this is a body you love. And there's a lot of like the yeah. like kindness and and it feels like you had to you have you come to the other end of the thing that I'm struggling with right now. What mm. do you remember if there was any kind of like specific moment or things you did to get to this point right now where you are owning and you're comfortable with who you are, you love the whole uh, the whole routine was about um, because you might even remember this then was it was about working at the US consulate, which I did yes. for, for a decade. And um, I was having a bad day and an American citizen said to me, lose the weight or lose the attitude. Whoa. Wow. Yeah. And in the, joke, <laughs> in the joke, I said, I lost neither. I lost his application for an emergency passport instead. <laughs> right. And after that joke was on Stand Up Australia, I lost the job. Um, but that's okay. Oh, that's wow. Okay. Really? Did they, did, they, did, they, did they fire you because of it? Um, uh, pretty much, yes. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It was, it was that's like amazing. It was one of those ones where Stand Up, well, Foxtel had purchased the gig and they, they could pay it forever. And that was the that big. was the one that Cam Knight used to host, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was a punter. I was to watch it on The ambassador happened to be watching it at fucking one in the morning, or whatever it was. I went, hang on a minute. With his gaviscon swirling around his gaviscon. Indeed. Um, but so even back then, it was self-deprecating, but in a loving way. Uh, like I'd say, um, you know, like I I love my body. I'm com- confident in my skin. Um, oh God, I haven't done these jokes for so long. Um, like the John Mayer song, My Body is a Wonderland. <laughs> you just need a three park super pass to get around the bastard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, they weren't, I hate this body. I'm all, yeah, fine. yeah. It was, right. it was still celebratory. But then people started going, Why are you talking about being fat? You're like a size 14, 16. You're not enormous. Right. Yeah. So there was that kind of you don't have the right to talk about being fat because you're not big enough. You're caught in between, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, um, and then, and like you said before, and then there be you know there you know 
you know, the grass is always green on the other side, but there'd be women who would do anything for your curves. hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's so tricky because you're like, oh, this is how I feel, or this is what I'm confident. But as as long as I've known you and you were one of the first people I met in comedy, oh. it's like I always just remember that I was like, well, if I could even have a smidgen of the confidence that you had uh, on stage, and also and also as a teacher, like I just remember that you were you were harsh, but you were fair. <laughs> and I just remember that I was like, you know, and I think, you know, that, you know, that confidence, you know, that you've had on stage, you know, the, you, you kind of, you do it in your real life as well, which I think sometimes you see a lot of comedians, especially probably men, with a lot of bravado, and then you talk to them off stage and they are the saddest, loneliest people who are, or insecure. And I just, I don't, don't, I, with you, I don't think there was, I never felt that there was much difference between the two. Oh, that's lovely and very kind, Ben, and I don't think there is for me either. But sometimes I'll definitely... Strangers' opinions absolutely affect everybody. But I remember around that time when I was thinking of cutting cutting that whole routine, I overheard a man talking to his friend about me on the phone, and he said, "Yeah, you know, you know the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's got that body we like." And I was like, "Oh, oh, oh, oh I oh. have the market." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. I I thought that I was so scared this story was going to go the other way. Negative, oh, but that's so lovely. Stories, plenty of other way stories, but, but yeah, yeah, that, that was... relation. But to hear a man say the body we like, what she's got is the preference. Yeah, that is so good. That is so good. That's and so... you married him? No. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope he likes the body too, though. No, that's yeah. I think that's what it is. I think it's just that it. it, it Maybe what I'm struggling with is just, you know, not putting enough, enough reps into being kind to myself, whereas the narrative that I'm stuck in or the loop I'm stuck in is the, the negative because of everything. Like every time I'm, you know, having to take my, my meds now in the morning and in the evening, it's just like, ah, this fucking thing. You know what I mean? As opposed yeah, to being totally. like, hey, look, you were able to run today or hey, you were able to, you know, um, get out of bed without your back fucking you up. You know what I mean? Or hey, you survived a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bill, yeah. you said something very interesting that in passing the other last weekend at the at the comedy lounge. You said something about something or other that food was a reward for you. It can be, yeah. That that that, 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 naught, that perceived naughty food. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like cheat days, cheat days, and things like that. Yeah. yeah. So does yeah, that yeah, mean yeah. that the, the healthy food is a punishment? Yeah, I think that's what I'm trying to change. Is that yeah. I've been I've been programmed to think that if I'm eating salad and 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 you know m- you know nutritious stuff that chicken it is broccoli. chicken and broccoli, it is like part of a, a a bigger picture rather than actually being something good for me now. It's yeah. like the reward of this is down the track. Whereas the reality is, is like, no, that's still good and nutritious and good for you now. But in my head, things like chocolate and chips are the, you know, the good, quote unquote, the, the happy food. Yeah. And, and, and everything else is not, not as happy. And, and it's changing over time. And to be honest, that element of it is starting to switch. Because ever since I dropped the cheat day um, method, which is how I lost all the weight, which is that I'd focus for six days. Um, and then seventh day, I wouldn't have any rules. And that worked for me at the time because I needed to snap myself out of like something. Whereas now where I'm trying to find more balance and more, um, more stability in, in, in it, that I don't do it like that. I kind of look at it almost like a day by day basis going, oh, hang on, you, you know, you had a pretty big lunch. So maybe you can chill on, on dinner. 
or the other way around. You know what I mean? That, Whereas, and that consistency is really, really hard deal. And I think that's probably one advantage about having children is you have to hold that line the whole yeah, time. That consistency right. because you can't yo-yo like you know we've you know like you know I always say that you know we, the one thing we're trying we're trying to not say what's good foods and what bad foods at home, but the one thing that we do say that's not good and we associate a feeling with that is sugar. So, you know, we've got so many parties coming out of our fucking ass here at the moment. So is that you know, healthy, though, to say that sugar so, is, is so, bad? Or? No, we don't say bad. We just say lolly. So it's like, you can have a little bit. That's fine. But if you have that much, you are going to feel like rubbish. It is the same thing every time. And so we're like, you know, have some. Let's have some. But don't have all of it. Like, and right. that's the one that we're trying to really sell at the moment to the point where it's like, you know, we, we had a win where they just had a lolly bag and they're like, Hey, uh, I'm going to have these two. You know, Tao, you can have those two. And I reckon that's enough. Now, they didn't realize, like, mum and dad just ran to the bathroom and fucking high fived each other. And God, I think it was the closest thing we we're ever going to have sex that month. And I was like, wait, this is a huge win. Huge win. They have no idea. They have no right. idea. But for us, right. this is like, because usually they would just hoe all of it and then just have right. the biggest meltdown you've ever seen in your life. Do you have hidden treats in the house that the family don't know about? Uh, Maya does definitely. Maya definitely does. <laughs> you don't know where they are. Uh, no, she's she's like because I I I I I have no idea. I know I know the kids don't, but I know that Maya does because she goes if if it is on show, I I will eat it, and hence why yeah. we don't we don't have them in yeah. the house. I mean, it did get a bit worried when I was like, okay, you're gonna have to hide the cheese as well. She's like, what? We've only got one. You'll find it in the fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Uh, Janelle, that, thank you so much for uh, coming on and well, comfortably so nice sharing all you. of that. Really, really, really appreciate it. Uh, if people, our listeners, want to find you, where's the best sort of place they stop at first? Is it your Instagram? Or? Smith uh, at Instagram. No. Uh, <laughs> Instagram. Instagram seems to be the busiest at the moment. Instagram for pictures, Facebook for words. Yeah, and what's the Instagram uh, handle? Just me, J-A-N-E-L-L-E-K-O-E-N-I-G. What? No one else had that? <laughs> no, but there is some, some like, uh, like kayaker bird in America. I'm like, piss off! Just all her GoPro yeah. videos of her going down <laughs> rappers. <laughs> no, does Koenig, does Koenig, Koenig mean king? Because Doesn't I remember, yeah, there's a uh, Franz Liszt, uh, the, the composer, he has this thing called Earl Koenig, which is uh, the Elf King. Uh, a musical piece that I like. So I was yeah. like, oh, yeah, just hit me now, Koenig. Wow, you massive nerd. <laughs> uh, for Dilrup J on Instagram for me, Ben Lomas Comic on Instagram for Ben or Fitbit yes. Pod for our podcast. Uh, nothing to plug. So weird. So weird when I don't have anything to plug. Um, but, um, yeah, just uh, – thanks for your continued support listeners and thanks for the patreon uh, we do we really appreciate it so um yeah no thank you and then again just follow us on the socials um i'll have a couple of announcements soon but i don't want to uh uh say them yet so um so we'll save that but again patreon uh we've got old episodes up there and uh and again janelle thanks so much for coming on it was really nice to hang out so fun for me too thanks boys thanks for doing it see you guys Bye, Bye. 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 Bye.